Okay, great. So I am so excited to start episode two of For Love Cast with you, um, James Tolbert. We've been friends for a long time now. Um, I think I met you. I mean, the first time we met, I don't think we really clicked or anything, but I remember meeting you here in Pittsburgh. I think you must have just been finishing up your time. You went to, was it CMU? Yep. Yeah. Um, I think you must have just been transitioning to moving to DC because I remember there was this night at the cabaret where um, Lee and Kat from DC Bachata came and they were raffling off passes and there was a Jack and Jill. And I think we danced briefly there, but they're like, it, it's the smallest memory I have. But I, I think that was like our first actual meeting. And then it wasn't until later through Bachata that we really met. Um, so I'm really excited to have you and um, I'll share with everybody. The reason I chose you is because um, you've been dancing a really long time and you are a really amazing social dancer. You're known for being kind of like a chameleon, right? Yeah. People that see you dance bachata are like, oh my gosh, he's a Dominican. And then when you're dancing kisomba or semba, they're like, oh my gosh, that dude's Angolan. You know, you're, you have attained these really high levels of social dancing and yet you still do it just because it brings you joy. Like you're not actively trying to teach. You're not trying to promote. You're not trying to organize. In fact, like most of the time you're like, I'll be a busy bee. Like, I don't want to do that stuff. <laughs> so um, I'm really excited uh, to get into this conversation with you. So let's start. Um, how did you get into dancing bachata? So I thought I got into dancing bachata one way or, but when I started to look into my images and videos, it kind of informed me um, how I got into it. And certain things where I didn't realize had a huge effect on me, um, like the beginning, I looked and I was like, oh, that grainy video of this instructor I was recording. And I was like, that's where I had my love of bachata. So, um, I first start off, I was at Carnegie Mellon. And when I was at Carnegie Mellon, I was part of a ballroom dance club. And I was doing ballroom dancing. And this was around 2009. And a group of us from the ballroom dance club, we decided, hey, we want to go salsa dancing. So when I went out to the local um, clubs in the Pittsburgh area, and we were out salsa dancing, um, I was just learning salsa and I was like, I couldn't really get the flow. It was like moving so, trying to hear the beat and the rhythm was doing a lot. So then I heard this bachata music and I, I was like, I heard bachata and I was like, hmm, I'm liking this flow. Um, and it kind of hit me with the, these four counts. And so actually it kind of, I was practicing my salsa moves to bachata music. So I wouldn't even dance with bachata out. I was like, hey, I can move and I can fill this out and I get comfortable um, with that. So that was 2009 and I was in Pittsburgh. And so then that kind of, when I went home to the DC, Maryland, Virginia area, and I'm um, in a 2009, I started to explore my um, dancing, social partner dancing. So it was salsa and bachata. When I started that out, I would caveat here. So for 
the rest of that conversation. When I talk bachata, I mean what people in the social dance community will talk about traditional or Dominican and so forth. I'm just gonna call that bachata. Um, the other forms I would call westernized um, forms of dancing to bachata musics. And that's a lot of times where people will have that term of sensual, the term of modern. And you have a lot of people that say, hey, um, we hear this music, we're gonna develop certain ways to move. Um, there's some patterns we have, but there's a mm -hmm. fundamental different type of frame and feel. So when I came to it, um, I was, had a lot of the music and one of the musics I feel that everybody, I don't know if you haven't grown up with bachata, but you come into it later in life, the first group that you get introduced is the Aventura. <laughs> I mean, so you got that New York, you got that R&B vibe. And I'm a R&B person. So that kind of pulled me into. And so therefore I'm like, hey, let me, get this energy and these songs. And then they had, there was Toby Love and then there was Extreme. So that whole group, I was kind of in that mode of energy of music. I didn't really have that aspect of all that Bachata had to offer, all that the, that genre had to offer, but it was just right there. So when I was going to those classes and this is like 2009 to 2010, um, I, would, I was starting to pick up the westernized form, um, Central Martin, where, you know, people were doing the dips and the body rolls and all those sorts of things. Um, and being able to, I'm like, hey, be able to move my hips into those type of moves and those turns and some types of tricks. Because I also had a dance background outside of dancing bachata. So I was like, hey, I can apply those moves and one of the things that come to me, and you'll probably hear more as I talk about it, is I'm also a very passionate person. It can be very central, be very romantic. And partner dancing allows me to have a type of conversation with whoever dancing for that song in that way. And just say, hey, how do we vibe? How do we connect? So when I first came to it, that's where I was really going. So what I thought was when I got actually introduced or really got enlightened, with bachata or change my mode, I thought it was when I first went to the Dominican Republic. However, that was not the case. When I checked my um, video archives and I checked my um, pictures, I had right 2009, 2010, um, the summer of 2010, June, I got introduced to bachata and it was Troy and Georgette giving a workshop. And I was like, wait a minute. And during our workshop, they play a lot of different music, but one of the music that uh, artists that became very popular among the social dance community was Joan Soriano. And that's the first time I heard him. And that was when we were starting to learn how to move our feet and do different types of steps and syncopation with Georgette. And that was to the song and it was Vocales de Amor. It was like, boom. That's when it hit me. And so that's kind of when I started to have that journey. So that journey said, hey, I had this Western style, Westernized style of dancing journey to Central Martin. Then I have bachata. And then I had interest in both. And I, they both were starting to grow. But then um, 
a year happened and I started taking, and I would go to dance festivals and you had a decent bachata Congress. And I got familiar with all, um, and artists were teaching both, teaching both styles and forms. And then at the beginning of 2012, I went to the Dominican Republic for the, it was called a DER Bachata Festival by Vessa um, from Finland. And I went with Lee and Cad and others. And that just opened up my world. Because then we went there and we weren't saying, hey, we're gonna stick on some resort. We're gonna, hey, yes, we might have a resort, but we're gonna have some Dominican instructors come through. And we're also gonna say, hey, we're not gonna stay in this resort. We're just gonna go with the Dominicans and we're gonna go dance everywhere around the island. We're gonna say, hey, let's go to some barrio. Let's go to some neighborhood. Let's go to some concert at some club. Let's go to the car wash. Let's, we're just going everywhere. We're gonna dance and we're gonna try to mingle. So within that aspect of going in 2012, there was a way of dancing to the music. And so I remember a lot of times how I would dance before, it was like the dude would like, you dance and yes, you will do the moves, but it felt like, oh, I'm scared I'm gonna lose the woman. I can lose my partner, the follower. I can't let her go. I gotta hold on to her. I'm in love, so to speak. But then I was watching the Dominicans dance and the Dominican would come and um, the lead would come to the follower and that lead would just dance with this bravado and say, hey, we're gonna dance together. And I'm like, wait a minute, this is like a whole different posture, whole different frame. I'm like, I like that. I wanna flow like that. I wanna groove and I'm hearing all this different music. And so you start to hear all these different artists. That's when I heard of, I don't know how to pronounce, but Luis Miguel de Amarque. Mm -hmm. um, I, I saw him in concert and it was just us mm -hmm. in a hotel. Um, he almost didn't come off the bus, but he came in the bus bed. And one of the things, it was like our small group and the, uh, the Dominicans that were working at the hotel were also there. And they were all also like, hey, we're at this little hotel. It is ours coming here, and that was the best. And so I knew about his voice. I'm like, man, this voice was amazing. That flow, I was like, mm. so that's how I got into what we would say dancing bachata um, and everything. There's a lot more to the stories and everything, but I think one of the last part that I would point out was it was those Dominican instructors during that time when I did this DR Bachata Festival. So we have Rodolfo, we had Adina, we had People, um, we had Fanny. And actually a lot of the people that probably have the festivals around the world, um, a lot of those um, guys, I remember, um, who, who does Kilo K Festival? Junior Aquino. I met him at, when I went to the DR Bachata Festivals. While he was home in the Dominican Republic, he was one of those um, one of the dancers there that's part of the group, I met him and Carlitos and a bunch of other ones. So it's just been awesome to see the Dominicans be able to spread their love and grow and go around the world and just to see where he is, what his festival is like. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. I've heard a lot of good things about the, the DR Festival Series. Um, I think Isolde talked about going to one of them. Yeah. I've I've never been able to go again because of my um, my teaching schedule. I don't really have flexibility with when I have off. 
you know, I do get a lot of time off, but it's just not under my control and nobody wants to organize these festivals in the summer. <laughs> so I missed out, but, um, that's, that's really cool that, that you got to go there. And it, I mean, I feel like a lot of people who go to DR, we have that click moment, right? Mm-hmm. Like for me, I went in 2011 to practice my Spanish more. I was enrolled in like a, a language school. Oh, I didn't know that. And yeah, I started in um, Santo Domingo, but I got really bored there because like it kept raining every time we wanted to go to the beach and the beach was far. You had to get on the bus. So we transferred to um, a, the partner school in Sosua in the north. I was like right by the beach. And in between, we spent a weekend in Samana. So Samana was, you know, it's, it's, yep. it's right by Las Serenas. And that was the first place I really saw bachata because like these, these young, um, I guess they were like police, I guess, but they were really just in charge of like monitoring the parks and making sure like everyone was like behaving. They, they came up to my friend and me, obviously, it's like the white girls, we stand out and they were, you know, like throwing down their game and everything. And um you know, so, so when I told them about bachata, they wanted to show us, you know, like bachata. So they, they've got, um, motos, like they borrowed motos off of people so they could take us up to this spot, you know, like this, this remote colmado up the hill. Like it started pouring down rain on us. It's like such a funny story when I think about it. Cause like we arrived soaking wet. <laughs> it like, it was like a monsoon on us as we were on our way there. And then we get there and we're like the only white people. (laughs) But for me, it was really eye opening to see like the different culture of dancing. Like, you know, we got there and those guys weren't the best dancers, but we could only really dance with them. Like I noticed people weren't mingling the way we do in the United States. So that was like eye opening. And then also like just observing the different swag of the dance, you know, like, and the different way they they accentuate things like in still that night i can remember there was this one guy that was such a good dancer and he would like literally just use his foot and draw like circles on the floor it was like subtle but like so good and my mind was blown you know and so then when i did go to sosua there was a dance school with a a dominican teacher and his wife was american and i asked him i'm like teach me these things like and he he ended up, it's so funny. This is again, like another cultural observation about how Dominicans learn to dance. He just danced with me and he was like, you got it. You can follow. Like you just, you just need to feel the music. And I was like, what does that mean? That that actually is a key point where I I go into um, different ways of learning how to dance. And I feel like a very, um, I would say American or Westernized form of learning or when you have dances that are, dance studio, not necessarily always cultural dances, but dance studio or tap, jazz, ballet, modern, so many things where you're going to perform for the audience, not simply the social. You have this set rigor of explicit, say, hey, this is the training. These are the exercises I'm going to do to get my body in a certain way. And then I learn the steps and then I do the recital. And so I look at that as an explicit form of teaching, of learning. But then there's also that implicit form. That implicit form is saying, hey, this is my culture, and this I'm going to grow up. And so as you growing up from a little child, you're dancing. And if you can't dance, you're going to be on the side. So you're going to have to constantly practice and get your body to move so your body can feel how that moves. And then next thing you know, it's like 
all that experience, you come here, it's like, hey, this is how you move the hips. This is what we do. But you, somebody that's coming in that never had that background, you're like, how do I get from point A to point B? Because I don't even know how that's supposed to feel. And I don't even know the exercises. So, yeah, I just wanted to point that out. You know. No, I, I think that's um, a really good observation. And it's something that we kind of tiptoe around sometimes in discussions in the scene is, you know, like, um, I forget who posed this question. I don't know if it was like Dima and Addy or if it was somebody else, but they were saying like, do you think like flow can be taught, you know, like for people? And it, like, for me as someone who loves cultures and observes cultures, like I'm currently a Spanish teacher, but I also in college contemplated being an anthropologist because I've just always loved like cultures and understanding um, those dynamics. So obviously part of me is like, yes, you can, but it is totally different for people because you can't necessarily replicate a lifetime of mm. being in the culture and hearing that music since you're a baby and watching like how your family just sometimes bust out like while they're cooking dinner, you know, because the song's really good or in the middle of the street because the colmado has the music lasting and that's your song. Like it's really hard to replicate that. But um, I think it's something that it is important for us to pay attention to. And also, like you said, like the differences in like in purpose. Yeah. Like they're, they're not dancing to impress. That, I love that point about not dancing to impress. That's a big thing. Hopefully we'll come back to it. Um, what I was looking at is when you talk about um, teaching and teaching languages, there's certain languages, if you haven't learned the language, how the person um, grows up and they learn how to, I guess, create the sound. And if you don't grow up doing that language as a little child, it's like, how I can't even create that sound, you know? That's not always the case, but that's an example where it's like, mm, it might be where, how do I create a sound? It's gonna be extremely hard for me to do that. But for from other people, you know, some people have like that natural talent um, to do it. Other times it's gonna take a lot of um, hard effort, but hey, it's worth it in the end. That's exactly what it is. And it, it's probably exactly because I'm a language teacher and I've studied this, um, that I have these beliefs because like you said, it is really hard, especially if you're an adult because um, so like the science behind it is that when you're before puberty, you have like a bajillion million synapses in your brain. Like all your neurons are connected because you are a bundle of possibility. You can learn anything. And then, you know, puberty used to really be like the mark of adulthood, you know, like actually like psychologically adolescence wasn't uh, a psychological period for humans until like the industrial revolution because children grew up to become adults and they were helping work and do all that stuff. And then with the industrial revolution, when, uh, you know, we fought for children's rights, children started having that time to develop adolescence. So, um, you know, at puberty, your brain starts trimming all those unused synapses, like all those unused possibilities, like, okay, this is who you're going to be. We're going to specialize. We're just going to be really efficient at what we've already developed. So when you learn a language or something new post adolescence, it can be, it can feel more challenging because you have to form those synapses where there's not one already lying and waiting for you, you know? And, and with sounds, it's the same because it, exactly like maybe someone's flow with dance, developing 
the ability to replicate a sound is something that babies are exposed to every day for their whole lives. You know, it takes them years. Some sounds they don't learn until they're four, five, six years old. They can't do it. You know, like that's how much exposure it can take to do that. And for me, like rolling my R's was a process. Like I started learning Spanish when I was 12. I couldn't do that until I was 20, you know? So like, I fully believe everyone can, but we don't, we don't know that we can, like, we don't know that we just need to have intense patience with it, you know, cause we feel like I'm already good at these things. Like I'm good at English sounds. Therefore, like this must be what I'm supposed to be doing. And it's like, no, it's really more like chance than anything. So, um, Speaking of bachata, and you talked about forming um, the forming those synapses or being able to replicate. And so if you don't use it, um, it's kind of hard to get it to that point or figure it out. Um, mm -hmm. So what I'm looking at is, is that when I came into bachata dancing, and the, one of the things that started to make me able to groove when I saw how Dominicans were dancing was I had a bigger dance background. So if we're talking about doing steps and doing like the footwork and everything that um, Georgette is um, famous for and others, I tap dance. So therefore being able to, uh, I could be able to replicate and say, Matt, oh, this is kind of like a ball change or this is a shuffle or, you know, and everything. I had the tap dance background. So therefore I had a, I have had that experience where therefore I can use that to as an end, then it's like, okay, hey, we want to be able to have the upper body chill, but the lower body start have a flow, be able to move those hips. Well, I was in jazz class and I was in African class. So I had exercises where we had to understand how to do body isolation, understand how do I move my chest and how do I move my hips separately while keeping everything still. So therefore I'm like, hey, I'm up here saying, I wanna find partner dancing because before I came to bachata um, and um, ballroom dance and everything, I would go to parties. I'm like, hey, I want to dance. But a lot of times at the parties, the dance was not necessarily the focus. So once I found this, I was like, oh, this is going to be the focus. I can have this, this movement, this nonverbal conversation with someone. And I can take these things that I've learned and I can just build the music. Um, and so that's like one aspect or respect that just created and instilled that love for bachata music, love for bachata dancing too, and everything in me. Yeah. That's amazing. I, yeah, before, I mean, we were talking a little bit before we started the episode. So um, I wasn't aware that you had all that background until today. So that blows my mind, but it also makes a lot of things make sense because of the high level you've achieved of dancing. Now, um, would you say that post, you know, DR, whatever number it was that you went to, because I know they're on like DR 18, DR 19 now, um, was that something that you just cultivated yourself using the skills you already had, or were you still actively taking lessons and returning to DR to continually like push yourself? So um, there was two reasons why I was um, uh, returning to DR. Uh, one was because when I went to that type of festival and we were just out there and the Dominicans were with us, it, it was like, yo, this is like family. This mm -hmm. is a type of energy and vibe that I enjoy. This is a community of people where 
that have that dance love. And um, a lot of times, I don't know if it means like the party or just the, the background be, behind the word, but that type of energy and how Dominicans feel and other people might feel about the culture of dance where it's not just a simple people with social dance community per se, or a dance studio is outside of that. That's what drew me in. And so that what kept me in there. And I definitely um, continue to go back and learn because what happened was I go to the DR, Dominican Republic, and I go learn how to move a certain way. But with like with anything, if you're over there and you dance with people that are dancing that way, but then you leave that environment and you go somewhere else and nobody's dancing that way, you're not practicing that skill. So that skill is starting to lose it. You're starting to drain. It's like, yo, I remember how it felt when I was grooving and we were just floating to the music and we were in the groove of the music. It was like a wave, the ocean just moving and we were riding that wave. But then I got out and I'm dancing sensual, dancing westernized, and that's a totally different type of vibe. And now I'm like, yo, I need those pieces. So I'm like, I gotta come back. So that's um, what kept coming me, what kept me coming back. And of course, then we're going out there and exploring our parts of the Dominican Republic. So I remember we went to Samana. Um, I don't know if I pronounced that or you said Las Torrenas. Um, mm -hmm. We went there. I was in Barahona, of course, Santo Domingo. Um, uh, where was it? Um, where was the part? Um, but now, um, I've just been all over the country. Um, of course, went to Santiago, and it was those experiences. And so, what happened was, I went to the DR to meet people that also had that love of the culture. They wanted to know more about the culture. They want to know more about the music. Wanted to have that vibe, and those people, the friendships that I built, they started to grow. So therefore, then I knew those people here. So until I can have that connection here in the U.S. or whatever, I would definitely I would keep going back and everything. And it's like oh, coming home. And when I started building that connection, that's when I started to know it. It started to feel like a small family because um, you say, hey, I knew this person. Well. Carla Cinta, Adam Tom, Evelyn Dakota, Georgette, I'm just, you start knowing everybody. Alan Touch, all these folks I had experience and some of them and a lot of them have been on one of those trips and everything. And that's all the whole different stories when you see these people where you knew where they started and where they come from and before then, before they're um, big now in the world. So um, yeah, so that that's what uh, I feel like kept me coming back and everything. So that's it's so awesome. friendship that built. Yeah, yeah, I have to agree. I I really cherish the the sense of community and family that we have in the bachata community, and and I'm using bachata the same way you're using bachata. You know, not the not the westernized bachata. Not to say you know maybe they also have that that sense of belonging in their communities as well, but I've never experienced it there, you know, because I very much like you, I also started off with like modern bachata and I thought I wanted to get into sensual bachata, but the more I learned about bachata, the more hooked I became. And I know anytime we get together, like, at, you know, for the bachata events or Marga Fusion last year, or, 
even Baltimore Congress, you know, like when we get our group together, it, it feels like the family's back together and it's a really, really special thing to share. Definitely. I love that. And so I think that's one thing I look about when people have their own cultural dances and also one thing that I always want to learn about because all Dominicans can have their own perspective on it, but not only Dominicans, there's other cultural dances around the world, whether it's Kazomba, Simba, and so forth. And you, once you learn, you can see how that is also those people's connection and that's how they say, hey, that's their family and everything. So mm-hmm. um, it's cool. And I really, um, I really love it and really enjoy it. Yeah, me too. I was uh, really surprised by how similar in some ways Kisomba and Semba felt to Bachata. Not that the music is the same, but the more you learn about the history of oppression, you know, what, what that means to them as a symbol of their identity and their culture and, and, and what those parties mean to them. Like listening to um, like Tanya Mendonca and Cesar Wilson at Steel City Kizomba, like hearing them talk about their struggles, even though the history of Angola is different than the history of DR, there's so many parallels and it was just like, wow, you know, and it's very easy to find yourself in both comfortably, you know, cause it is, it, it is that same vibe. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, uh, I have a, <laughs> I have a question down here that I don't think is fair to ask you. <laughs> Do you have a style preference? <laughs> uh, so for me, it's actually all at one level. It's um, Kazomba, Simba, Bachata, um, you know, um, that could be a whole different discussion about dancing Simba and Kazomba because using the same movement per se and the, the variation in music per se, but I ain't going. So I'm not going to even get into that. <laughs> That's why with yeah. a lot more knowledge and experience and tell that um, story. But for me, it's just um, how does the music makes me feel? or the energy. So I will definitely tell me what is one of the things that comes to me, because for me, dancing is a way for me to express my feelings. And a lot of times I might say, hey, I might want to express my feelings for spoken word. You want to express your feelings for art. You know, there's other ways to put that energy out there and receive energy. So one of the things that I looked at was, I really gravitated towards partner dancing because of one of the things where you can have this journey with someone and it's really great where you have this beautiful conversation and our bodies speak through the music and we both enjoy the rhythm of this music together. So I remember one point or one statement was like, when um, two humans have share a beautiful hug and that support you feel, that love you feel, um, that intimacy, so to speak, you feel, and it's like, hey, well, you can have this dance and you can have this connection and you can enjoy this together, this human connection where you're not alone and one-on-one. And that's a beautiful feeling. And so it's like, you, have this, you can have this long type of hug per se, not necessarily that you're close hugging, but that energy. So um, one of the things that um, all that to say, that kind of pulled me towards dancing bachata and one of the things that um, also not only the dance, but the music, 
but it's I'm an R and B and soul music type of guy and grew up and I like those stories about love and relationships and everything. And one of the things that you have in Bachata, even though I don't speak Spanish, they're gonna talk about those highs. They're gonna talk about those lows. They talk about, hey, he's a no good man, or hey, that was some great lovemaking. Um, and I'm like, hey, you know what? I can vibe with this. So um, when I started looking at some of the songs and I translated the lyrics, I'm like, no wonder this song is my favorite. No wonder the song hits me. So for example, we had Anthony Santos, Poor Me Timidez. Mm-hmm. Um, and I tried to I'm like, yo, he's talking about, hey, I'm too shy and I wish I had talked to this woman and da 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 da. I'm like, hey, I've been there. You're telling my story. Man, I connected with the song and I didn't even know the lyrics, but it was something, energy or vibe that I felt about it. So a lot of times when you listen to different type of music and I'm dancing Pachata, I'm dancing Consomba or dancing Simba, and you can have these stories and you can have these stories these life stories that can go even beyond um, um, romantic types of relationships and they could just be relationships and life stories. It's like, hey, this is the vibe and we're coming together with folks and you're taking the time outside of where everything's going in the world and you just have the space where you can guess, recal- rec- recalibrate yourself, uh-huh. you know, get that support. And then you say, hey, you know what? I've been here. And I've been with these friends, his family, whatever. And now I can go back out to the world because I've been recharged. So that's one of the things that I see about Bachata. I don't know where I was going with this uh, whole statement, but I was just sharing um, just the thoughts on my mind regarding it and um, just how it makes me feel. So that's important. You know, so it's one of the things where when you see these parallels of um, the parallels I'm looking, I'm looking at soul music and R&B and bachata. I'm looking at, hey, it might have a different um, instrument sound, but I can think about, hey, when you think about old school soul music, oldies, and you're saying this person is just singing this song, and the person might not have the best voice, but you, the way they present it, the way they sing it, you feel the feelings, and it's the energy is like, oh. That's Marvin Gaye, woo, that's Luther Vandross, woo, et cetera. But then you can have that same with Pachata and you say, hey, the way he's playing that guitar, the way he's singing that song, I'm like, okay, Raleen, okay, Anthony Santos, okay, Hector, um, okay, Jasta, I, I, I got these vibes. And so that's, it's like, yo, that, that's, what, that's also what pulled me in. Um, so <laughs> I'll leave it with this. One of the things when I come in, into dancing, especially partner dancing, I'm like, yo, because I want to have this non-verbal conversation with someone and we're gonna have this connection and we're gonna have this vibe, I wanna come into it with my energy and the support and I hope that person comes into it too. So I always joke about us like, yo, I can't sing, but I want to be able to dance where you you know, when somebody gives that performance and everybody's like, oh, Marvin Gaye gave that performance. Or Luther Vance or one of those, or Barry White sang that song to me. I'm like, I want to give that experience when I dance. So you were like, wow. You know everything. You know, and then it's not always about the look. It's about how it looks to the other audience. 
as about how it made the partner feel that I'm with at that time. Well, achievement unlocked, because you and I have definitely had dances like that. Like, I still remember one at Baltimore Congress, one of the the first or second year after Raj and Dola took over. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember we were in that little room, and after it was like <laughs> Kiko Rodriguez, and after it was just like, damn, that was a good dance. Like, you know, it, it, it's exactly what you were saying. Like, you know, Marvin Gaye, like, sang that song. Like, he, he gave it his emotions. Like, you you dance that song you know so definitely achievement unlocked for you there my friend so that's one of the things when i'm talking about people with social dancing that's one of the things that doesn't necessarily say hey you can um always be taught as movements and like the um, dance studio all the time but it's saying hey how are you coming into this dance and then the question is is who are you performing for so there's certain things where you go and you can do dance studios and you can do classes and there's dancing for an audience. So you're doing a routine. And that's, for me, I feel like that's da- different than dancing for a social, um, social dance when you dance with a partner because you can do all these tricks and you do everything and that's outward touring. But if it's not connecting with your partner, you're missing the story of what that dance could be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those are my thoughts. <laughs> I love that. I, when I started, um, dance was definitely like a little bit of an ego boost. Like I definitely always loved it for myself, but there was also some outward focus when I first began in those years. And I definitely like, I vibed well with people who were outward focused, like with leads that were very outward focused. And I was also conscious of people like watching me. Now, since I've given like all of that up and I've, I've totally changed it to like, how do I feel? in the dance, how, what is my connection with my partner, my feeling and my love for dance has just become so much more deep than it was in those years. So I feel that there's really something valuable there. Not that it's wrong to do it the other way. It's just, I don't know, it's different. You get something different out of it. There's nothing wrong away. It's just different things you get out of it and different ways how people want to dance and how they want to feel. So I think one of the things you just have to, um, as a person social dancing is, it's also, it's a conversation. So trying to figure out what is this vibe of this person? So if this partner, they like that type of flow, then let me see how can we work together to, to meet what you want and meet what I want so we can both enjoy this dance. But if they don't like that type of flow, then it's like, okay, let's tailor this. So, um, that's, I think, one of the, I feel like a major point where people can um, get lost or miss the aspect of the social dancing is when they're not having that conversation and everything, or they're not listening, you know, which also tells you a lot more about the person because you can say, hey, if the person wants to have this type of conversation, this personality, then a lot of times if you have a conversation verbally, you're like, oh, this matches. you dance with somebody and if they dance with something they love it does give you insight into that person's personality too yeah yeah so um earlier you kind of mentioned you know when you're in dr you would have these feelings and then you would come back to the u.s and it's like oh man can't can't dance that way getting out of practice like what has your experience been, you know, since your love for bachata has, has grown this way? 
what's your experience been in the scene here? Because, you know, we both live here and we have to make our lives work in the U.S. like dance studio slash Congress scene. So there was a there was some workarounds that I had had to do. Um, one thing was is that in the Congress festival scene, um, you would have like the festivals, and then you would have um, the bachata room versus, and that would be a smaller room versus the Western, not Central, Modern. That would be a big room. So it was like, hey, mm-hmm. let me go get the opportunity to dance there. But I, I have to think about it in the past. I remember when I started out the journey, I will have like those videos. And so therefore I would take my dance background and say, Hey, if I want to um, have the experience, I need to practice feeling and listening to the music all the time, listening to a music all the time. Um, that really helped me because then I said, Hey, once I started getting the pieces of understanding music, thank you, Carlos Senta. Um, it kind of gave me the insight and then I would um, practice at home. And so say, Hey, let me see how, what is my flow and everything. So therefore saying, Hey, once you had those instructors, when I was Dominican Republic and had Adina and, and uh, uh, people, and they gave me those, like they had like some writings and then the steps and everything. I'm like recording everything. I was like, all right, let me take this and let me apply it. The one thing, another thing that happened was because it was always hard, like just if I'm going to go to weekly socials, you're not going to always play. um, There would be bachata being played or it'd be a bachata social, but not all the music will be um, bachata music per se. And what I'm quantifying is that people will make a remix and that remix might have only one instrument or a thing that would only tackle one of the instruments that would make the whole song. And it wouldn't have the same flow of breaking the sections. It could say, hey, let's take this R&B song or this rock song or this pop song and let's put this doom, 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 da. Now, I have a dance experience dancing to any type of music and all sorts of dancing. So I can say, hey, let me navigate and let me figure out how I wanna move. But still, when you only have like a couple songs for they say, hey, we're going to dedicate this to this Basada section of the night. It's like, yo, I got to be in it. And hopefully, maybe there <laughs> might be somebody I know that can groove. So um, once I met those people that can groove, they was like, hey, all right, let's do this. Then the other thing I dealt with is I dealt with, um, depending on, there's, there's a lot of people that listen to Basada music. Um, um, the different Hispanics, Latinos living all around the world, living here in the U.S. Everybody got their own culture. And um, so within the U.S., if I'm not going into social dancing, I'm coming from a social dancing world where everybody asks somebody to dance and we're going to try to have a good time. But if you're going outside that social dancing world, you go to somebody, the person saying, hey, just like how you might go to the Dominican Republic, I'm only dancing with the people I know. I'm not comfortable while you're approaching me to ask me to dance, while you're trying to speak to me. I don't, I'm not interested in you to date. So kind of chill. And I'm like, Hey, I just want to dance. I see how you're dancing. I love this dance. I want to experience that conversation. So (laughs) one thing that I had to do, 
or I had friends that um that I knew from the DR. Whenever there was a um, bachata artist that would come for a concert here in the DC, we would all talk and say, hey, we're rolling as a group. So then I was like, okay, I have somebody to dance with. And then that was one of the best moments where we would have, um, we would just have like a little pregame, we would just joy, dance, and then we'll hit to the concert because, you know, the concert, the artists don't come on too very, very late. <laughs> um, yes. So that was one way I dealt with it. And then the other thing I dealt with it was saying, okay, hey, the people that I had met there or people that had met at festival congresses, see where are they teaching? And then if I can, you know, I, I had a lot more flexibility with my job. So then I was like, okay, I want to go there, um, you know, and I'm going to go to the different places and know where it's going to be, um, the dance. I think for me, the sort of the difference is lately or the last couple of years, I didn't always, the, the communities changed or I didn't always find those vibes. So therefore I didn't always go out. So I started doing more Kazomba and Simba and social. And I was like, okay, I mean Simba and their social and all of that type of music, the different type of Zouk music that came through those atmospheres. So that kind of leaned towards me. But when I knew, hey, when you have your full love of the bachata event, I'm like, boom, I know that's going to give me that experience. I'm going to have those friends and I'm going to meet some new people that have the same love for dancing that way. I'm there. And that's why you're saying, hey, that's like that, that family reunion, so to speak. Um, lastly, um, because it's not always you have like those dance socials where then not dancing a certain type of way and you can't really always go to the concert, but there might have been um, these weekly events or so there was like bachata brunch and the bachata brunch doesn't necessarily always have um, dancers from the dance community that we would call people that go studios, but it would just have people that, hey, I just want to have a great and good time. And so those people, there'll be some Dominicans that roll in as other people that had that type of flow. And then that was like a perfect opportunity. And so I would ask them and we would get a jam. I was like, yo, this is the weekly spot. You know, that's my crew. Or you get to know people and say, hey, let's dance. And I'm going to just dance it all out. So those are the avenues of where I was able to take advantage. Um, and it's very different because um, a lot of things, the advantage of living in the DC, Maryland, Virginia area you have a lot of the um, Dominican artists come through here as they go to Boston or New York or wherever to perform. So I had that benefit. And then also have a lot of people that would come here for bigger events. So that's where I was able to um, have a leg up than other people where if you might live somewhere else in the US and you're like, all right, there's nobody around me that gonna dance this way, what do I do? Yeah, no, I relate because Pittsburgh is not a place where artists are coming through. Um, you know, we're we're a small city. Most people can't even like pick Pittsburgh out on a map. They still confuse Philadelphia and Pittsburgh, like in the dance scene. Like they'll be like, "Oh, Pittsburgh, like that's really close to Philly, right?" And be like, "Nope." <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're not in anybody's way necessarily. Like the Ohio dancers know a lot more about us than like DC, but um, it can definitely feel lonely. And I feel like. I've not really had the ability to be selective like you, you know, if I were selective, I would just not go out. <laughs> and, and thankfully, I mean, I do, I started dancing cause I love salsa. So I can always get salsa. Um, but a lot of times I just have to accept, like, I'm probably not going to be able to dance how I want unless I lead. 
So that was, you know, that was a coping mechanism for me because you also, as a lead, you have a little bit more control over what happens to you because nobody can body roll me if I'm leading. Nobody <laughs> can dip me if I'm leading. You know, like I can dance in shapes if I'm leading. You know, I might not be able to do everything, but I can get a box step in. I can attempt a zigzag, you know, like as a follow in a small city, it can be very isolating. Yeah. So that's cool. And you do have a really good Kisomba community in uh, the DC area with like Oscar, you know, you have like the, the cultural roots of it there. So at least you have that <laughs> as well. Um, I know I would love it. Like that's another thing we don't have here as much as Mike tries with Steel City Kisomba. We don't have a large like African community that really wants to be dancing Kisomba so I, and Semba. I think that's one of the, that's definitely one of the blessings about being the DC Maryland, Virginia area is that there are, there's enough people and, and there are a lot of different dance communities. So if you wanted to swing dance, if you wanted to blues dance, if you wanted to do Brazilian Zouk, if you want to do Western Eye, you want to do Central Wild, Modern, there's those avenues and everything and whatnot. Um, a lot of times, I think for me, there was all those avenues to see who was going to come up and teach. Uh, so there was always a hard to find those instructors and everything that would um, teach bachata. Um, you have ones that have the studios that teach modern and central and that's plenty. And there's, there's, there's definitely some extremely awesome instructors and people that have really good dance communities for that. That, you know, if somebody wants to dance away, I'm like, yo, I know who to tell. I'm like, yo, you need to go do her. You need to go do, go join Ferocity. They're going to be awesome. They're going to be family. That's a place to go. Um, so, but I think that also kind of how me, I kind of like chill in the background because yes, I could teach or maybe I might want to go into DJing, but I'm like, I want to allow other people who have those avenues or those opportunities to go and then I can support <laughs> and everything and whatnot and everything. So that's, that's, that's just me. Yeah. That's a really cool perspective. I feel like I'm, I'm like the situational leader. Like that's my personality style. So when I see a gap, you know, like in Pittsburgh, originally there was nobody promoting bachata. Bachata was very stigmatized. So I was like, I'm going to try to help, you know, like that's who I am. And you're like, I'm going to wait for someone to try to help. And then I'm going to, I'm going to support them. Like, yeah, so, but, but we need those people. Like I have needed those people and I'm so thankful for people like you, but I just, for me, it's like not a mindset that I can identify with because I'm, I'm the person that will step up. Even if I have a million other things on my plate, like I'll be like, bachata needs help. I'll be, <laughs> I'll be that person. And yeah, I, I don't know. I think that's cool. And there's so much balance in that, right? We need all kinds of people. So I think, I think that then, I think the other people probably encouraged me to kind of step up. And that was always on my mind. I was like, well, maybe it might go to um, that teaching um, classes and everything, or just teaching in general that y'all on um, the teach, teaching bachata um, thing I had in Dominican Republic and everything. And so I didn't get to do that. But I was like, there's always that love and share and the avenue that's like, hey, maybe I can um, go do that. So th the other thing is that for me, I have like my my job that I enjoy. So 
Um, I guess I'm just leaving the opportunity for others that don't have a job or they want to be able to focus and I can support. So therefore, if I see that you're doing something great, I'm going to be there and bring you here and everything. Um, but you do make a point like, hey, if there's nobody there, then hey, you got to step in. But there was, yeah, I can always think of some people that uh, local that can teach in different ways and like around here that's like, hey, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, even though I feel that way, or I don't even necessarily feel that way, I just am that way myself. That doesn't mean anybody else has to be that way because I think, you know, to create a community that's balanced, we need all types of people. You know, we need those people that are just going to come to socials and are never going to care about being good. Those are an essential part of our dance community ecosystem. We need the people that are going to try to, you know, to be the organizers and the DJs and, and the teachers. And we need the people that are going to come to class. Like we need, everybody has a role. I, I agree with you. All right. So um, I think it's time for some of these harder questions that you know are coming. Um, I'm so curious to hear what you are going to say. So if you could change one thing about the bachata community at large, what would you change? Mm, that that's even it's though still I'm hard, not, isn't it? <laughs> still hard um, and everything. Um, I I found um, I would what would really be interesting, and I don't even know if it's possible is to be able to, to um, close that gap where it connects to the Dominican community and everything, because you know, the Dominicans, they like have their like own thing and everything. And sometimes you would get a Dominican that might roll up per se. And they were like, all these other people doing all this stuff. And they're like, yo, this ain't my vibe. Or some of them like, they try to dance. Some of them like, this ain't how you're supposed to dance. And you're like, how do you tell Dominican how they can, can or can't dance? Mm -hmm. That's their culture, so to speak. So um, that would definitely be interesting. I'm probably more of a selfish aspect of me because I'm like, hey, let me get the Dominicans so I can dance with y'all as well as learn for y'all as well as have that same vibe that I felt in Dominican Republic. Um, I do get some of that vibe when I had when there's bachata brunch because you have those people where you don't have that necessarily say, hey, we got to dance this particular way or we got to do these steps and somebody do a routine. It's like, hey, let's have this created atmosphere. Um, so I think that will be definitely like that far stretch goal will be interesting. Um, something more closer was to be able to, there's a ton of people that like to dance bachata, but they don't always get that vibe or see those classes. So then they kind of stay out the woolworks, those sorts of dancers. So being able, before the pandemic, I started to see that something was growing, at least growing in DC. Um, I remember, and that was like that one event that, I forgot the name of the event, but um, that happened. So I'm like, yo, this is happening and it's bringing these people out, you know? And then the pandemic happened this year. So then know. it was, you know, uh, so, <laughs> so I definitely, I would, I guess it would be saying, hey, if we have more events where people want to share that love of bachata, um, then that would, be great and whatnot and so that was kind of what I saw when um Ace and Sierra were doing their events 
or not. So I was like, yeah, you, yeah, I, I agree. The DC area was definitely growing because also Asiela and Adam were starting to teach. And, you know, you have Melanie and Juan not too far away in Baltimore. So it was like you were you were creating your little bachata empire, right? Regional bachata empire. And it, it was definitely strengthening your area for that style. I, I could observe it too, all the way from here. Um, so yeah, but then the pandemic happened and just, you know, changes with partnerships. So we'll have to see what happens once, <laughs> once we can pick back up, you know, I know that's going to be a long process, even with the vaccines that are coming out now. Yeah. Um, but I think, I don't know. I hope I'm just being like super optimistic. I hope that it returns that way because so far I haven't seen anybody that's doing bachata back away. You know, like I've not, even though there were predictions that we would lose a lot of teachers, I've not seen anyone give up on it. And so that event kind of was, it was kind of giving me that, the thing about being all inclusive and those energies, I feel like you're always on the forefront with For the Love of Bachata. So if there was like more of those For the Love of Bachata events where you learn the culture, um, you learn the different ways of dancing to the music, and then you have like this open family atmosphere in the community of enjoying everything all together and putting that in different aspects <laughs> across the United States. That, and you brought that, you know, and I had that in my community. I'm like, yeah, you know, but. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know, maybe, yeah. Fingers crossed that the pandemic doesn't last too long. We can get back to it. I know, but that is that is really hard because I feel like that type of event has to come around organically because I know um, a couple people have asked me to bring For La Bachata to other cities. In fact, you might have been one like years ago saying to do one in D.C. Somebody told me to do one in D.C. Someone was trying to get me to do one in California. And I was just like, something feels so weird about that, like going into a new place and being like, I'm going to start an event in your city and we're just going to come together. Like people would be like, who the heck are you? And like, what do you think you're doing here? You know, like I feel like these events do have to grow organically. Um, but it would be so nice to have more events where you just know like, yeah, I can go to California and find a place where I vibe really well. I can go to DC and find a place where I vibe really well. That would be amazing. All right, so I kind of feel like the answer you settled with might kind of also be this question, but we'll see if you say something different or if you're like, yeah, what I just said. What's one good vibe thing you would add more of to the bachata community? <laughs> I feel like that's just what you said, but you yeah, tell me if you I have something else. Having like that, um, that openness and that, um, that family atmosphere, you know, just that creative. Because um, sometimes people can get into a more clickers or dance studio mindset that's not just a um bachata community but any type of dance community or mm -hmm. group, any type of group activity so it's a, it's a human thing <laughs> so it's always uh, dealing with that um and i think for me is not necessarily having a person um stop dancing modern or sensual but having a person learn the other type of movement, of a child of movement in that different type of frame and flow, because then I feel that can accent what they're doing also. Yeah, it would be nice if we were all more versatile. Mm -hmm. 
But um, another thing I've seen a lot of sensual bachata artists starting to promote traditional, like bachata. Mm -hmm. um, Cause I've been tagged in a bunch. Like I saw Corky and Judith are doing like a, a week in DR next spring, supposedly. Um, and it's like a cultural trip and they're supposed to learn the history, but they, they're both doing sensual bachata workshops and some workshops with Dominicans. So um, that's interesting, but it's something. And like Island Touch, I think is hosting that virtual festival. I don't remember when could be this weekend for all I know. Um, I feel personally, I just feel uh, a little burned out on the online festivals right now. I've tried to support a lot of them and I just need a mental break because they, it, it's as much as I, I like doing the dance through Zoom, the all weekend thing on Zoom is just a different feeling for me, you know? Yeah. But um, yeah, I don't know. Hopefully, hopefully that wish comes true. And I see a couple like baby roots being, you know, stretched out that might lead to that. All right. So um, at the end, I'm just going to finish off with some of these quick yet really hard questions um, that I, I know I personally would not be able to answer, but I'm going to ask anyways. All right. So who would you say is your favorite artist for Bachata? So my favorite artist to go to a concert for, um, I enjoyed the most, it's hard because it was tired. I really like Raleen Rodriguez, um, Hector Acosta, um, awesome concerts uh, and everything. Um, a lot of times I just think about that Trinity. And when I say the Trinity, it's, Raleen, Anthony Santos, and I think Luis Vargas from mm -hmm. that area. Yeah. And that was a crew. But the person that has like the that voice that gets me the Luis Miguel. Yeah. So he he was the first um I think he was the first Bachata album I bought. And then I also bought Yua Sariano. Yeah, he might have been one of my first as well, because like when you go to DR, you get introduced to his music. So I know I came home with one or two like bootleg CDs of his. Um, and he doesn't, I've talked to Dima about this. Like he, Luis Miguel de la Marga does not get the respect he deserves because he has an immense collection of music and he has so many amazing songs that get you in your heart or just get you up and moving. Like he, like he's a DJ must have, but yet I've been to so many parties and like not really heard his music there. So it, it's amazing that he doesn't get the respect he deserves. Cause I, I, I agree with you. I think he's amazing. Yeah. All right. Do you have a favorite song? Like one that just hits your heart every time. Uh, Boy Paya. Classic. <laughs> uh, um, we always going to have a uh, medicina de amor. Um, and of course, I told you about Poor Me Timid Days. Um, mm -hmm. that, 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 so these are a lot of songs that hit my heart because of the dances I had, those moments, as well as the stories. Um, another song that um, that will always get me was Esta Noche um, because of the concert I went to. And it was a concert in D.C. And Raleen was performing. And at this concert, there was no VIP tables at all. 
So basically, we got there early enough and we're right there in front of the stage. And we just stayed there. And the crowd is behind us. And we started singing Esther Noche. And you brought the mic and everybody's singing. And they're pushing up against us. That was an amazing performance, man. It was like, go. Uh, usually, you have the VIP table buffer. And you can't be that mm -hmm. close to the artist when you're in the States. But that time, there was none. And you were just there. That's amazing. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah. yeah. So, I have a lot of um, songs, but those are the ones that definitely uh, jump out to me. Nice. All right. Um, you mentioned earlier that this would be a really hard one. Do you have somebody that you just freaking love dancing with because your connection is on point? And, and we'll put the disclaimer out there. This does not mean you don't enjoy dancing with anybody else. My feelings will be hurt if it's not me, for example. <laughs> So you're in the clear to share that person that your connections is bomb. So thinking about those questions, as for me, it's a lot of times is thinking about those dance moments that boom, if I know we're gonna have a bomb dance and everything. So one of the persons that I always think about, it was like a different venue. So remember Bachata Brunch. I will always look for my homegirl Jackie. She'll be walking, she'll be rocking the cap and everything. But that flavor and that story, I was like, yo, me and Jackie, I'm like, I'm ready. I'm like, yo, let me get in line. Let me dance with this woman and everything. But she, and she moved out of, um, out of D.C. Um, when uh, somebody else in the moments, I always going to think about Essie because Essie can dance everything. Mm -hmm. And I remember we did a dance competition and it was a dance competition in D.C. And it was supposed to be a bachata competition. And they're supposed to dance bachata, not only, not modern or central, but bachata. And it was, man, she was, she was my dance partner, and we just killed it. We were flowing and everything. And I'm like looking, I'm like feeling good. I'm like looking at me and her and how we dance. And other people were dancing, but they were dancing more like modern and central. And they and I had just came back from the Dominican Republic, so I had that flow and we had that swag, we had that sabor. You were and fresh. <laughs> we were fresh, and the crowd was clapping. And this was like the um, pre-competition. Um, this was like one of the um, before they had like the main final competition. This was one of like the rounds, and I thought we were going to get first place for that round, you know, and we didn't. And that zone just had me so upset because I just, man, the way that we flow, I just knew or whatnot. So, but that's a whole different story. But I remember that night, and after that, when, when that didn't happen, that just took my energy from dancing. I just walked right off the stage, pick up my dance shoes, and walked out the door. <laughs> I was done. But, um, but back to Essie, that was another one. I could always... Um, the one I always call home was dancing with my friend Melissa. So it's like if I had medicine a day or more, because that's just like a beautiful, not only us taking those classes together, taking a bachata workshop together, but then also just grooving. And then it's like this beautiful friend hug. It's like, yo, we're going to go. And of course, there's you. But I also got to talk about your home girl, Marlena. I was waiting for her name. <laughs> you two connect uh, so well. Yo, I come to Pittsburgh. I love dancing with all y'all ladies. 
But I'm like, yo, Marlena, are you are you coming out dancing? Yes. So um, there's definitely many more I can write off and I can think about the moments and everything. Um, I think this this some of my friends from the um, do our dances from the Kazoma community, like my friend Faith. That I'm like, hey, we get a bachata song during the social. There, let's do this and everything. Or friend Anna. Um, just because of her um, living in the Caribbean experience and being comfortable and being creative with me in flow. So those are just some of the names. And it's definitely not all, but I can't rattle all of them right now. <laughs> yeah, I know. Picking one is hard. How about favorite instructor? Or maybe so, an instructor that's had the biggest impact on you. Um, that, is, that was always um hard i think the one that's gonna always gonna come up i always had like i always tell people it's like hey if these instructors are in your town you must take the workshops you must take the classes so i was like yo carlos Santos there boom edwin dakota's there boom adam Taub's there boom because i knew that hey you're gonna not only get the culture but you're gonna get the technique as well as to go along with the moves. Cause sometimes people will just teach you the moves, but you don't have the underlying, say, how do I flow? The other thing is I always gotta go back to Dominican Republic with Adina. A lot of these people that came out dancing around the world, the Dominicans, they were part coming up for her dance school and everything. Yeah, so that, that woman um, definitely when those years ago, 2012, that kind of, help set that journey. So those are the um, instructors that stick out to my mind and everything. So there's, there's different things. There's, there's so many different instructors. So not it's not only those, but those are just some I'll name. Yeah, the ones you mentioned are also, I think they're on many people's list because they're, they're full educators. They're not just dance teachers in, in the concept of like, I'm going to teach a pattern and you're going to learn it. And my effectiveness is whether you learned it and whether you had fun, you know, they're, they really have a purpose of transforming you as a dancer and transforming your, not just your, your steps, but your mind as well. So that's right. my, that, and that's one thing that I probably want more of in the community and express because you have people that can teach you these steps and these routines but that for me it's like yes i can do this steps and routine but that doesn't always allow you to grow and be creative and then explore what it can be which i feel that's the world of social dancing because once you get past those steps it's like what do i do now or let me say i can do this one step but how can i vary that step to give it a different feel that creates another step. So, I mean, these are different things of just about, I feel like teaching dance and learning how to dance and just executing dancing in general. Yeah, yeah, I would love that too, because, you know, when I create the For the Bachata Experience weekends, I'm looking for people who can put together seven, eight workshops and create a sequence of learning, not just seven or eight separate workshops that happened to be about dance, you know, like I want people to feel like they really grew a lot over the course of two days. And, and it's hard to find because a lot of people are just, you know, come up with a pattern and there's my lesson, you mm -hmm. know, and, and it's just, it's just not the same. 
it's just not the same. That pattern's not gonna always stick with you. You can learn a pattern, you can put it on a video, and then you have it on a video and you forget about it five years later. It's like, oh yeah, there was this pattern in this video. But if you learn to have something that starts to sink in into how their body moves, it could come out whenever they start dancing. They're like, oh wow, I just did this with my partner. Um, the followers like, wow, I just followed that. The leader's like, wow, I just let that. Mm-hmm. You know, it sunk in. Which also talks about always constantly going to the workshops again and saying, hey, why you're in this? This you might be in this beginner intermediate class, but it's like, yo, you're fresh. You're working on your fundamentals. It just strengthens you even more to do other things. Yes. Oh my. Like we we missed a big opportunity today to talk about the importance of fundamentals man, like for me, that's when I really changed my dancing was when I stopped poo-pooing like beginner level stuff or what I perceived as beginner level stuff. Cause like my salsa went up dramatically once I took a series where it was like literally no patterns. It was, you're going to learn all the basic steps. You're going to memorize your footwork. You're going to do them on time all by yourself. And then when you come together, it's like, oh my gosh, I can follow so much better now that I know my own stuff. And same with bachata, when you know your shapes, you know the ways you can accent them, you know the variations, like you can then combine them yourself. But if you do memorize a pattern, then you're stuck with it. It's really, you know, most people, unless you put the time in to dissect it and practice those parts separately, the pattern itself does not really give you the ability to do that Mm because you've created muscle memory you know you've created this a literal sequence in your your mind and in your body and and you can feel it as a follow you can feel when when leads are doing the same pattern over and over Mm -hmm. and you you don't if you learn those different things separately or you learn those fundamentals you can do that pattern but there might be like something where we i'll call i remember i would deal with um I was doing with Diane Walker, um, Lady Die, the tap dancer. And she was like, okay, we're just focusing on fundamentals in this tap dancing. And so then, because then, then you try to do other stuff. Because once you have those fundamentals set and something is a mistake, it might not be a mistake anymore. It might just be a new avenue of creation. So therefore I'm looking at, hey, I'm social dancing and we're just having fun and we might not, hit this right we might make a mistake but hey let's explore that this might this mistake might be just a new form of movement or a new form of connection that we have and there's like boom this organic just what i say journey that you're going on um and everything nice i want to enjoy this conversation with you right this dance conversation that we have i don't want to be bored or fall asleep (laughs) yeah Yeah, it's also important not to stigmatize our own mistakes because I did that for years and it it sucked the joy right out of my dancing. Um, Okay, so last question, also a hard one. What is on your bachata wish list if you could have anything? Mm. Uh, More people dancing bachata. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, yeah. That that was that was the thing where I had that vibe before the pandemic, and it was like a year before, and I was like, well, I knew certain instructors that could teach it, but they weren't able, they weren't getting the students that wanted to learn it per se in my area. Um, and then last year, 
I started seeing people starting to come out the works that wanted to learn, you know, um, and everything. And then it's like, oh man, you know, let's keep this ball rolling. But I think the difference is I'm blessed here where I had, I met the people from Dominican Republic and met those friends that I know where they live and I have the ability to go travel. And then number two, you had those artists come here with the concerts. Um, so I had that. Number three, I, there was always some local events or something where, you know, you had people that had that same, hey, energy, like, and that was when I had Bachata Brunch. So I had a lot of different avenues. But the, the thing that I always thought about was saying, hey, if I can, um, the wish list will have more leads, not only followers, but more leads, be able to then Bachata, then everybody can just switch and then everybody can start adding their own flow and that just level everything up. So, yeah. So one, once I say more people dance bachata, let's, let's focus on more leads dancing bachata. I, I would love that too. <laughs> I, it's always easy to find follows, but finding leads is, is a little bit more of a challenge. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thank you so much for having this conversation with me. I learned so much about you and we hit on so many really important topics. Um, so I'm really appreciative of you spending your time today. Now, if any, if anybody were to watch this today and say like, Oh my gosh, James is dope. Like I want to follow this guy. I want to be his friend. Like, is there any way that you think people should reach out or after the pandemic where they can find you? Um, I am on, uh, Facebook, but usually I think probably easier if you just send me a message like, Hey, I saw on the video and I want to know more and interest about bachata and where I can go. So they can definitely reach me on Facebook. Maybe you can post that as well as, um, I do have an Instagram. I'm not really too much on Instagram, but it's there, so you can reach out to me there. On Instagram, I'm actually Bala, uh, Bala Con Sabor. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> that's kind of self-explanatory, but that kind of explains me and dancing. So, um, yeah, you can work your magic and put those two avenues where they want to go Facebook. Absolutely. Yeah. I will do that. All right, well, thank you again, and uh, We'll we'll see you next time. All right.